Hello, everyone. I have a guest who's actually been on my podcast before. So this is his second time on. So it's always fun to talk to somebody who's already been on. And he is a very interesting person. His name is Podophilius. And uh, did I say that right again or did I butcher it? No, you actually did really well with it. A lot of people like Podophilia, Podophilius. And you said it really good. So I'm impressed. (laughs) Well, welcome back. I'm so excited to chat with you again. Oh, same here. I'm super excited. Last time was a, a great conversation, so I'm glad to be back. And thank you for having me on again. Oh, absolutely. And you have exciting news because you have a new book out. Absolutely. Yeah, I've got a new book. I just published it. Um, it's called Sexual Equanimity. And it's been published as a paperback and an ebook. And it's currently been, been sold on my website. So yeah, it's, it's available and I'm super excited to talk about it. Awesome. So where's your website if people would like to check out the book? What is your website? It's podophilius.com. That's the website. And if they go to the shop and click on shop, you'll find um, my products there. I have my first book there as well, which is called Triple Form. And then you'll also find Sexual Anonymity and it'll be offered as the paperback, ebook. You just click which one you want. Also, I'm offering a 10% discount. If people are buying both paperbacks, so they're buying triple form and sexual equanimity together, so they'll get 10% off they buy buy both books. Oh, very nice. That's great. So tell us about this new book, because I know last time I think we talked quite a bit about your first book, Triple Form. So what what's different about this book and which direction did you go in? Mm, so the, the, the two books are very different, okay? Mm. Triple Form was, was a book that was holding rap songs, uh, solely in rap songs. And it's one of those books that can be an acquired taste because of its format and the way it's written, it's not an easy read. Plus sure. it's complex. And I wrote it exactly the way a hip hop concept album will be played out like in a, in a hip hop album. Okay. So it, it wasn't the easiest book to follow. And I think some people really struggled with it. So I got very mm. different feedback. Some people like, I would like that. Some people really got it and understood it, but it challenged them. And then, you know, they're like, oh, I can see what you did with it. It's really clever. And other people are, I really don't, I can't really read this. It's too difficult. It's, you know, it's just, I can't reach, I can't follow the format of it. It's just, uh, I don't, and they, they didn't understand the concepts of it. They couldn't get down with it. So what I wanted to do this time around, I wanted to make it really easy for readers. I wanted to stay artistic, but to a way that everybody gets it, but put something so powerful out there that. It's for the whole entire BDSM community. As Triple Formed, I felt that it wasn't a book solely for the BDSM community. It was more for like people who are more creative than anything else. It had a touch mm. of BDSM in there, but it was more for like people who like something different, let's say. So this book, just to run you through what it's about, it's um, a book that's written in emotions. So it tells a story um, about a guy called Zane, um, also in his community. He's known as Kinkinimity. And um, he goes through a breakup with his mistress over uh, some kind of a miscommunication. And he discusses it with his friend Malik at the beginning. And it's in, it starts off in a past dialogue. And Malik gives him the suggestion to, you know, he's, because he says to Malik, I don't know how to deal with all these emotions. I've got, I'm feeling all these emotions right now. And I don't know how to deal with it. Malik is a mental health specialist. And he mm. suggests saying that he starts a journal to put down all his emotions. 
And that's how it all starts. And what we do, we go from the lowest kind of emotions, the vibrations, which is like shame. And then it goes to guilt, apathy, grief, and it goes up the ladder. And what it does, it tells the same story, but it tells it from almost different perspectives. Mm. So when Zane is telling his story in his journal, and when he's in, say, guilt, and he talks about what happened between him and his mistress, for example, mm. you know, he's very, he feels so bad about it. And like, we, we get a different side of Zane. But when he says it in anger, now we have a whole different Zane. Because mm-hmm. Zane is not, no longer viewing, the, viewing what happened between them as like the guilt now. He's viewing the bad times as well. And now we get another side of the story that we haven't heard of it. And now we hear another side. Okay, this relationship maybe wasn't that perfect. And maybe like he's got a point of these things. But then when it goes into, say, acceptance... Now Zane is accepting his thoughts on everything and be like, you know what, actually, what I said here, maybe I shouldn't have said because of these reasons. And then when he goes into love, now we've got a whole different other Zane. Mm-hmm. And I think the one the book is so interesting. And it's so it's, it's very easy to read, by the way, because it's in a journal format. It's, sure. it's almost like reading the kinky version of Bridget Jones. <laughs> so oh, it's like, sure, it, sure. yeah, it's that kind of style. But there's also a lot of past, a lot of uh, past dialogue conversations from all his relationships in the community because he seeks advice from all these different people, from all these different mistresses that he has friends with, with his best friend, and also his wife. Um, a lot of them are like the, with uh, his wife are my real conversation. A lot of them are my real conversations I've had mm. with my wife when I sure. first asked her to, you know, seek a dominatrix and when I wanted to try new fetishes. So. The reason why I think it's going to relate to so many people is because it's real. These mm-hmm. are real kind of conversations. And even when my wife read it, she was like, damn, you like really nailed like how you, my personality, like the, the, the conversation, right. like, I don't know how you remembered it so well after all these <laughs> years, but put it down so accurately. It was quite interesting. So that's kind of the concept is quite, you know, behind the book is uh, our emotions are complex. And when you tell a story from our different emotions, you get so many different views. And the book is interesting because there's loads of different characters. And to make things easier for people as well, because I know people struggled with the characterization with triple form. At the very beginning of the book, I've got the characters and the like with a picture of them, because it's all illustrated. And then they give okay. a description of who everyone is. So at least everybody knows who which character is. So it just helps like when you first get into the book that you already got an idea of what the person looks like and who they are. So yeah, that's another thing that I added in there just to make life a lot easier. Um, and then there's also an educational element throughout the whole book. So what I have done, like every now and again, I had a thing called brain boost. So if I talk about like aftercare with a mistress, I would explain what aftercare is. Mm, or mm-hmm. if I mention the word, say BDSM, I would explain what BDSM is. And that is something that carries out throughout the whole book. So I just wanted to give that extra like educational element in there, plus the journaling and the past dialogues. And then for anyone that likes the artistic element to it, the end, the, each chapter ends with the song, like the way it had to perform, but they're optional to read. If you want to read them, then great. If you don't, then you don't have to. However, I think with these songs, I made them different to triple perform because I made them easier to flow and I'm actually recording them in the studio right now. I've recorded two oh. already. So uh, yeah, so a friend of mine has got her own studio 
She heard about sexual community. I told her about the concert. She loved it. She was like, you need to record him in my studio. And we've got a few other people who are outside of, the, like, they're not even a part of the kink community who seem to be want to be on board on it as well. So, very cool. Yeah, that's the concept. So then, once you have the songs recorded, like, are you are you actually singing them? Yeah, and no, I'm rapping them out. So I'm rapping okay, the whole yeah, songs yeah. out. Um, I've done two already. Uh, like, I'm I never felt like I'm a natural rapper or anything like that. But I thought, you know what? Since I've got this book and you know, they are in rap songs and I've written them in a way that I can probably record them to music um, because mm. Triple Form felt more like poetry meets a book. I didn't, I wasn't trying to rap them in my head, but these ones I am. So I've recorded two and they sound, they sound cool, but I want to perfect them. So I think it's going to take me a good year to mm. get them to where I want to get them. Maybe even longer than that, because I don't want to play it out there unless I'm completely happy with them. And we're going to take them to a, another studio where we know some people and they're going to remaster it as well. So we want a crisp sound and then we want to get it on places like Spotify and then you can use that and then listen. And then obviously you, you'll be able to listen to the, to all the songs plus have the book. So it's like you're getting a, you know, two products basically. Right. Would you, and so you wouldn't really be able to sell them or you're going to sell them on Spotify. Is that your plan? Um, I don't think I will sell it. I think it works a bit differently with the music. I think um, okay. you get paid on the amount of people that view it or listen to it. Mm. So okay. it's, it's a different to a book. A book, someone has to physically buy it. Yeah. Um, yeah. As with music is how many people listen to it and stream it, stuff like that. Right, right. Okay. Well, very cool. That sounds like really, it's just multifaceted and you're coming at it different ways. And it kind of almost sounds like, is it kind of like a comic a little bit with it being illustrated or is it, wouldn't you, wouldn't you call that analogy to that? Yeah, no, it is. Like there's, there's a lot of illustrations throughout the whole book. So every chapter's got like two illustrations. Um, well, like a graphic done, novel. Would you, would you call it a yeah, graphic novel maybe? It's, it's a bit like a journal mm -hmm. meets a graphical novel meets basically some past dialogues <laughs> you know because they're in there to go back into time to tell a further story and then mm. there's the musical element in there with books and there's also a few poems in there as well and it's a colorful book because each have you ever seen the vibrational frequency chart before have you ever seen I that i think well, so no mm -mm. so it starts from shame and it goes all the way to enlightenment okay so there's a color theme. It goes like red at the bottom, then it goes orange, and then it goes like that. And yeah, the, what I've okay. done is I've used that to be, so every, every chapter, all the pages have a bleed to it. So shame, oh, yeah. mm -hmm. for example, the bleed is orange throughout, it's, yeah, it's orange throughout the whole chapter. And then it goes to red, and then it goes to, like, say, yellow. So if even the side of the book, if you look at it, you'll see all the colors. Oh, so, which nice. is quite cool. Yeah. So I, I wanted to do something different and they're all like gloss pages. So it really stands out. Oh, that's very cool. And so in doing this, so it's kind of autobiographical a little bit. And it's yes. partly fictional as well. So you kind of have some fictional elements in there as well. I would say it's also biographical. Um, I sort of jumbled my website. Yeah, so it's got it's got um, a biography element to it. Plus, it has a lot of not so much fiction, but more telling other people's stories and adding them to my story. 
<laughs> so okay. what I did gotcha. is I, I got other people's stories in the community that happened mm-hmm. to them. And I added sure. them into Zane, the main character's world. Ah, so yes, okay. Everything actually in the book is real. But okay, gotcha. it's just not all my story. So I've just included it. What I've done, I've been in the BDSM uh, scene for four years. Mm-hmm. So in those four years, um, I also run submissive men's support groups as well. Right. And um, a lot of people tell me their stories. I hear a lot of stories. And so what I've managed to do is take my own stories and add them into the book, but take all of their stories as well and throw them in the book. And I've done it in a way to use it as an educational tool as well to say like, you know, in a way like people can see what the real BDSM scene is about. Because what I'm noticing is that, and you can tell me, you can tell me your view on it as well. But I think most BDSM book and femdom books, especially are mainly related to the male gaze and fantasy. There's Mm -hmm. not anything out there that actually talks about the real shit, like what goes on, like the good and the bad, you know, it's all sugarcoating it. So I wanted to put the realness out there, like real stuff that actually happens, like say a dom abusing a submissive man that doesn't get talked about anywhere. You know, who does he turn to, for example, um, stuff where you go into awkward situations, like, um, a submissive goes into a session and a dom starts pitching about another dom. What does, what does a submissive do? You know, these are things that happen, but right. they can't be spoken about because you just can't, you just don't speak about these things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the book delves into the vulnerabilities of all those things. It doesn't sugarcoat from anything. It talks about the BDSM thing as a whole. It talks about the beautiful things in the scene, the great relationships between doms and subs and all of that kind of stuff. It talks about so many, like there's so many topics going on in the scene that I even lost count of all of them myself, but it delves into everything, the good, the bad, the ugly, you know, all of it. Oh, it sounds awesome. But, and then do people who have their stories in there, will, do they know, or will they recognize their stories or did you change it so that they wouldn't know? I mean, obviously you're not indicating who they are that said those yeah, stories. Yeah, yeah. Some of them know. Some of it, I changed it so they wouldn't know kind of thing. So I haven't like, I've, I've tweaked it a little bit. So it's not completely like exactly yeah. like where it was, but it's mm-hmm. along those lines. So it's still, it's real kind of thing. It's right. just, yeah, tweaks kind of slightly. So it's more like getting the idea from them rather than being exactly like their story. So it's more like getting the idea. And it's, yeah. you know, and it's all put into Zane's world as well. So it's not like their names out there or it's them. It's just, he's gone into Zane's world now. So now he's dealing with, it all, you know what I mean? Right. So, and then did you have any submissive men read it or feedback, give you feedback on it yet? Yeah. Like it's, it's crazy. It's only been out for about maybe, what was it like a week and a half, I think two weeks. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and it's. Recent. Yeah, and it's had more feedback than I had from Chip Reformed already, <laughs> you mm, know, from nice. submissive men. So, That's which is good. good. I've only, I'm, I'm, I want to get everyone to get their reviews, but some people want to read it again. I've got two reviews on my website at the moment, and they've both been great. But yeah, I've had a couple of submissive reach out to me, and they were like, they were basically updating me why they were reading it. And they'll be like, oh, you know, I'm halfway through. This is really interesting. This is great. I like what you've done with it. And they're also picking things that they resonate with and they want to discuss them with me. 
So I think it's going to be a a good book, but also I've had a Dom's read it as well. So Mistress Casby, who wrote my foreword, um, she's a mistress, a dominatrix. And it's always kind of conscious when you get, because it's talking about so many controversial topics that I was thought, I don't know how Dom will take it. She could be offended kind of thing. Um, but, uh, when Casby read it, she was like, this is really great. Like the way you've, mm. the way you've highlighted what goes on in the industry, but done it in a creative way and right. done it in a way where, in a way you're kind of immature at one sense and you're mature about it. Then you've sort of flipped it around a bit. It's, it's kind of good because it's like, we see your, the different kind of like personalities and maturity and growth and, and like you evolving in the book. Right. So yeah, she wrote the foreword for the book. Um, and then Monsine, who is a, a writer, you know, a, a feminist, um, an illustrator, she did all the illustrations. She read for it as well. And she was right. like, yeah, I think it's really good how you put this. It's, it's, a, it's a really good book. And then I've had, yeah. And I've had a mixture of different other, you know, people come to me and say that, that they haven't finished it yet, but they're liking mm-hmm. what they're reading and they, you know, they'll give me their full reviews once they've read it. I had an idea for you. Have you ever heard of the Moan app? Moan app? What's that? That's an that's a app that anyone can join, and it's a sex-positive community. But there's a, a lot of different people in there. But they do have a good portion of people that go that there that are submissive men. And you can... I got... I'm actually on the Moan app, and I've done this, too, where you can be someone who, like, hosts a room... And then you could like read from your book or you can actually have discussions with people live and you have to just ask them. Yeah. You just have to ask them to add you if you're going to be doing this. And so it's free to join. And I've gone on there several times and just like narrated a portion of my book. People listen. People do different things. I would suggest just you check it out because it'd be another way for you to get your book out there in front of people who are submissive men and they they have quite there's a bunch there that i know of that i've seen when i've been there so check it out it's free to Absolutely. join yeah thank you and, so much um and it's, i will join it's that yeah the and then m-o-n app so the the m-o-n so the mon right, so the and the app. But they say moan because there's a there's yeah. a long symbol over the o so it's a long right. old sound. Yeah. No, but yeah, no, it's, no. it's it was started by, I believe, a, a man, a, a queer man who wanted to have a safe place for people to talk about sexuality and open conversations, positive sexuality and submissive talks as well. So there's a bunch of people on there that do regular. I've only been doing it about once a month, but I, I thought I should get more regular so people know mm. when I'm going to be on there. But it's really cool. You can talk live with people like they they request to talk with you in the room and you can click on them and you can talk to them live. So it's a bit like a, a Twitter spaces, right? Yeah, it's sort of like that, except it's for sexuality. So it's a sex positive. Yeah. yeah so it's, I don't know, it's a great community. Um, another place for you to try and you could maybe gain some more readers there for your book. You could go on there and do a rap or you could read a portion of the book or just even have a topic yeah. conversation room you know and they've, they've yeah, just right. added some more new things and i can't even remember what they are but they're trying to grow and expand so i think they just added some new things into the app that i haven't explored yet so yeah check it out it's it's cool 
I will do that. Thank you so much for recommending that. And uh, yeah, that I'll, I'll definitely look into that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. It really is. So when you were wanting, so what, at what point did you want to write this book? Was it after the first one or is it something you've had in your brain so, before the first one? Mm, when I first finished my first one, I had the idea in my head and I, of sexual equanimity. I even put it on my website when I first created it, which I think was mm. in, what was it like in 2021, I think. Um, oh. So I had the idea there, but I, and it, it was meant to be a spinner from triple form. And I just couldn't bring myself to write it. I just, like, the idea was there. I just couldn't write it, really. I was struggling. And then I, I had a, I was going through a lot of drama. Like uh, my family found out about my submissive tendencies, oh, um, yeah. me visiting dominatrixes, and it all went really bad. And it got really like sour. And, and then I, I actually parted ways with a mistress as well due to a miscommunication why that was happening. And I was in a really bad place. I was just like, you know what I mean? I thought like everything. And then I lost my job as well. I, my dad died. Oh, so it's like everything sort of happened in the space of like a year or so, like kind of thing. I think my dad died in 2020. Mm-hmm. And, two thousand, and then a week later, I lost my job that I was getting really paid well but it was because of COVID and redundancy and all that. Oh. Right. Then, then I had to look after my mom, which went really badly after that because she couldn't cope without my dad, and I became more or less a carer. And then I had to look after kids, carer, and you know, struggling to get a job because of COVID. And then from there, um, my family found out my visits to sex workers, and started like just spreading rumors about me and like speaks to family, bashing me. I told my mistress at the time about it, but in that same session, we had a miscommunication. And then yeah. she ended up saying she didn't want a session with me anymore. And then after that, it was just like, it was like my world was crashing down. And, yeah, uh, the, mm, and then the person in the book, Malik, he's, he's actually a real person. He's, he's, he's my best friend. He's a mental health specialist. Oh. And I had a real conversation with him. I was just like, look, dude, man, this is what I told him everything. He didn't judge me for any, he knows everything that I do. That's and I was just like, dude, man, this is what's going on. And he, he told me, he was like, look. It's like so weird because he just said to me, look, how are you feeling? Like if it's anger, whatever it is, he goes, just, just write it down, man. And I was like, that's really yeah. weird. It's the same concept of sexual equanimity that I had in my mind for the anger and all that. But he was telling me in a different way. So I was like, maybe I should just base it on all the shit I've been through. And then yeah. it's more personal, real. And right. what I did differently as well is that I wrote it in a way how I speak with my mates because I use a lot of UK slang. So oh. I, I, I wrote it down and, you know, and like how I literally, I speak with my mates. So how we chat, like normally that's how the, the diary's kind of written, but I also adapt when it, obviously I speak to different people. So it shows like a comedian of personalities, I guess, but that's when I decided. So I started, um, I mean, I spoke to him in July originally about it sometime. And then I started writing it around September on and off. And then I had a, a, a session that didn't go too well because my head just wasn't with it. Not, nothing to do with the Dom. She was amazing, but my head yeah. just wasn't. I just broke down so I couldn't continue the session. And then I realized I was like, look, I either need to get a therapist at this moment or I need to do something to sort out my life because, right. you know, at one point I had a good job. I was sessioning all the time. I felt like happy, like I had everything that I wanted. And then it's yeah. all just been away from me. 
And it all happened from the moment sort of my dad passed away. It's just like one thing went wrong to another to another. And then when I started writing it in December, um, I got a job in January. Um, and then I was literally writing it from every morning, lunch breaks. I would go, go to a pub after work, continue writing it. And I will write it every single day from, say, all the way from December, all the way to about, let's say, July. Okay. And yeah, and I was just on it, basically. And I, it may, and when I, and I, when I was, it was really weird, is when I was writing chapters, like shame, guilt, I actually felt those emo them emotions. It's like, especially when I got into apathy, I felt like I was stuck yeah. in it. Like I was never, I felt like I was never going to get out of it. I was drinking alcohol, writing and I was just like, you know, well, I need to get out of this. So then after that, I thought I'm going to take this seriously. I'm going to cut out everything, cut out alcohol, started rewriting, you know, training, getting myself together. And it's weird because when I got to love, joy, enlightenment, it's like I became a different person. It's uh, like, like now I feel like a lot better in myself. Uh, you know, I feel like I can cut out any addictions that I want porn. Uh, not like it's bad, but it's just, I feel like I'm in control of my own brain again, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and like I can not drink alcohol, not have even coffees anymore. I feel like I've become empowered in myself just nice. by writing all my thoughts, by not allowing things to actually take over my emotions anymore. Or I wouldn't say not take over because I think that's impossible, but I would say manage them more effectively, I would say, because I still get angry. I'm a human being. I still get yeah. upset. Mm -hmm. But I would maybe just take more of a step back rather than reacting to things. Not like, not to say that I never reacted to anything, but that would be impossible as well. But right. I would just say I'm in a better situation now than I was a year ago. Yeah, it sounds like it was a journey and you've actually tied it into the book and the book is actually a healing tool for you. And to become empowered is so valuable. I mean, I think everyone... Everyone should strive for that. Mm, absolutely. I think journaling and doing like all the inner work is, you know, is really important, especially yeah. if you're having a shitty time, just mm -hmm. pouring out those emotions and being really honest and vulnerable and even hypocritical at times with yourself. Some of your thoughts are going to contradict themselves because if you're going to be real with your emotions, you're never going to feel the same every single day. If I asked you a question, what, you know, about something last year and asked you again this year, you might feel differently. Mm -hmm. Our emotions are never, they're all over the place. It doesn't matter how intelligent yep. anyone is either. That, that's, there's emotional intelligence, you know, your our emotions go all over the place. And that's why the book in itself is interesting because sometimes it does contradict itself. So, you know, you're probably thinking, well, oh, that's a bit contradictory. That's, it can be hypocritical. It can be naive at times. But that's our emotions. Our emotions go all over the place. And it's trying to seize them in the moment. Like, understand them. Like, when it's happening and you're feeling like anger, stop it for a second and be like, right, okay. I'm, I'm having this thought right now. What is the thought associated with? Oh, okay, it's anger. Right. Why do I feel angry? Why do I feel angry at this person? And really trying to understand it. And that's what I learned about it is... That's how you manage it effectively is by not blocking the thought, but actually trying to catch right. it in the moment mm -hmm. and understanding right. um, what you're thinking about with the actual emotion and trying to bring them together and understand it 
And obviously, once you've had your rant or whatever, then let it go. Yeah, because blocking something or shoving it off isn't really helping. I mean, that doesn't really help us. No, it doesn't. And I think, I don't know if it's a submissive man thing, but it seems like we overthink things a lot, <laughs> you know, uh, where we play gotcha. the, the scenario in our head over and over again. And I know that speaking to a lot of submissive men, they seem to have the same issue. It seems like we have these things where we feel like really guilty and it pays on our minds. So I think this is why it's a good book for submissive men, because mm-hmm. it might help them evaluate things and maybe take a step back and really just look at things from a different view. And I think once they do that, they can just manage those emotions in a way that is not going to be detrimental to their mental health. And and I think too, when we're going through a really hard time like you did, you can't come, there's no way to come out the other end and not have somehow improved or learned or grown. It sucks to be in it. It really sucks to be in mm. it. It's like you're being forged by fire. You know, it's, Every time I've gone through a really super hard time in my life, I have come out of it a better person or I've learned something or I'm more empowered. So even though it sucks, it it ends up being beneficial. Yeah, it's really weird because at the time, it really, it really felt like just everything was against me. I felt like I was in like, I was wearing my victim goggles and be like, what's going on with me? Why does everyone hate me? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like when your whole family turned against you and. You know, a mistress that you actually really cared about and you didn't mean to harm her, but, you know, I was naive to probably say certain things I should not have said to her, really. Not like it, I was a bad person from it, but, uh-huh. you know, I didn't expect the conversation to go the way it did, but it did. You know, it is what it is, I guess. Uh, but it really hurt me because I cared about her a lot and I felt right. like I built a good relationship with her, especially when it was close to like four years. Oh, yeah. You know, so... Yeah. And I think what happens is, is that when you, when she's like, she wasn't my first, but she was in a way that she was the first mistress to make me feel a certain way. And I think when a mistress makes you feel a certain way that you should like, when you've sort of suppressed your desires for like, say 34 years, whatever it's been. And then yeah. all of a sudden they make you feel a way like these, they bring this like level of dopamine or happy hormones that you've never felt before. They yeah. bring you in this high where your confidence boosts because you can now be yourself. And then when it's all taken away from you, it's like you don't know how to handle it because it's like, yeah. whoa, like you put me on a high and now you've broken me down completely. And like, like where do I go from here? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you've bought all these, you know, you, you start to evaluate everything. Like, look at all the money I've spent. Look at all the gifts, this and that, the time I put into it. And then you start feeling guilty, then angry. Then you think about some of the stuff that maybe she might have done when she was rude at times and this and that. And then it can become like, it can be really bad for your mental health to have all these different kind of negative thoughts just floating around your head. So it was now then taking a step back to also look at the good times and be thankful and have it show gratitude to her as well for giving me the opportunity, teaching me the lessons and not viewing the whole situation as a negative experience, but viewing it as a way to say, you know what, I learned from that now. I'm not going to do certain things like that. I'm going to be very careful what, what I'm going to change in this way. And I think pain equals growth. That's what I've learned. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure it does. Now, I always hear people talk about trying to find the right, like, 
therapist that fits with them. Do you feel that's kind of the same way it is with a dominatrix? You have to find the dominatrix that works best with you? Yeah, I think you need to find a dominatrix that is aligned with your personality. Mm -hmm. Because the dominatrixes have all different personalities, and so do we. So you might have a, a personality where you like to please and you you get off of basically making your mistress happy. But some mistresses have a, a very harsh personality. They're more colder, you know, and they might be quiet. They might, they might just have a very abrupt way about them, not meaning to be rude. It's just who they are. And that yeah. can affect someone who's got that kind of people-pleasing personality yeah. because she might say something to him, not, not meaning to like bring him any harm. But he might take offense to it and it might not, the personality just might not work. Right. Um, but you get some other dominants who are more nurturing and have that sort of like mummy kind of per personality, like more care. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say yeah. more caring, but have a caring kind of personality where they're not there to beat down the submissive and speak abruptly. They're there to be like, oh, like you're doing great. You're doing this, you're doing that. And for that sort of kind of submissive, maybe that mistress might work better for him. Yeah. Some submissives might not want that. They might want to be treated a bit like someone to be quite abrupt with them. You know, they mm -hmm. don't want someone to be nice to them. Right. So I think you need to match the per your personality with the personality of the dog. And, by, and you have to find it out by probably doing your research, really, finding out reviews. Like I, I do get a lot of people actually saying to me, what mistress do you recommend? Mm -hmm. And... Mm -hmm. I never like to recommend any mistress. I, whether I'm playing with that mistress or not, it doesn't mean that the mistress I'm playing with is going to be suited for them. I think that also points to that the submissive man needs to really understand himself and what he needs too. You know, and I don't know if that's something you find out by visiting different doms or how, how you would go about figuring that out. Mm, absolutely. So what I did with a submissive, I got a submissive to connect with, another, with a mistress. And now they, they've been sessioned together for about two years now. And this mistress, I only sessioned over there, I think it was once. Um, and other mistresses I'd sessioned with like about 15 times, you know what I mean? Mm. But why I recommended that one, I didn't really recommend particularly her. But what I said to him is, uh, he said, who would you recommend? You, you said a lot of mistresses. You've got a lot of experience now. Who would you recommend out of all the mistresses, you know, you serve? And I said to him, what are you into? So he mm, said, he gave mm -hmm. me a list of things. I asked him basically, it's like I interviewed him basically. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. I, mm -hmm. so I asked him a bunch of questions, like this, this and that. And when he gave me all his whatever, he gave me all his answers. I was like, you know what? He would match with this mistress really well. Um, and mm. although I just served her once, I just thought their personalities would work really well with each other. Yeah. Um, and I asked and some of the other mistresses, I reckon he might have clashed with. So I matched him with a mistress. She knew that I recommended him over as well. She was really grateful as well. Like she messaged me afterwards and said, thank you for like, you know, recommending him. He's a, such a nice guy. And they've been sitting with each other for about two years now. And um, they, yeah, they're, they're just such a good match. So it's just getting the two personalities. Because I, even though I didn't know her that well, I can sense her personality and what she's like. And I think with his personality, she was the perfect dom for him. Like, mm. and he was very, it took him ages. Like I was speaking to him for a, nearly about a year before he, he could actually build up the courage to go and visit. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. Like, but 
create some sort of matching system for uh, <laughs> for dominatrix yeah. and submissive men. Like, wouldn't that be a thing? Like, like they have dating sites and stuff, like a, a matching, uh, <laughs> matching yeah. thing. For that. that would be I'll quite the thing. Serve every mistress out. You have to go test them all out and find out. Get a little, little, uh, you know, write up on each of them and figure out what they do. Yeah. Let's <laughs> the, the blower. I recommend this one. That one would be like the the kinky silhouette. <laughs> right. That's quite the idea. That could be like a service. Yeah. You know, you could like people could hire you to do that. <laughs> it sounds yeah, like I'll a. T- that that sounds like emails. an interesting uh, fiction book, actually. <laughs> yeah, I might actually write that. We can write that one together, actually. <laughs> That's a pretty cool idea, actually. <laughs> that would be so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that person obviously is having a good experience. And so, what do you find yourself like thinking of tips to help people find a, a dominatrix? Like what they should think about, and like a thought process or anything like that. Like, a, a, have you written an article of such a thing? Seems like you would know. Um, I've I've do done a lot thing. of yeah. So I've I've written a lot. Of- Logs up to now. I've done how this about mm-hmm. over a hundred. I'm just thinking if I if I've done one on the how to, I think I was going to write one actually of how to find the right dominatrix. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think tips wise is first of all like what you said earlier is you need to understand yourself. That's more important mm-hmm. than yeah. anything else. Forget the mistress yep. for a second. Yeah, it's about you. Put yeah. yourself, find out what you want. What kind of, what is like, for example, what is your style? Are you into central play? Are you into the harder stuff? Like heavy impact play? You know, if you're into heavy impact play, for example, you're going to pick a mistress that maybe specializes in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then you want to look at what she's about. It's not just about she specializes in that. What is her personality like? Mm-hmm. Go on Twitter you know, see a couple of other videos or whatever she posts up, you know, you can engage a lot in people's personalities. Like, um, that, and it is crazy because I wrote a blog once called, um, don't paint every dom with the same brush. Oh yeah. Because mm-hmm. you literally can't like, for example, the conversation I had with a mistress, uh, I parted ways with, I had that same conversation with another, I think another three or four mistresses and it was fine. But she took an, uh, she took it from a different angle, mm. as the other three mistresses didn't. You know what I mean? It was like, okay, so this is why you can't paint every. It's like someone said to me, like, oh, I don't want to do this because I pissed off another mistress. But yeah. that's why that's her. She's a yeah. human being. She's human. She bleeds like you. She breathes like you. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't mean yeah. she's going to be the same as that mistress. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? That, that mistress has tattoos. That one doesn't. They're still mistresses. Right. That one is laughs a lot and is really bubbly. This one's more stern. Right. Yes. Just just mm-hmm. find the personality that matches with you because we are dealing with human beings at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, and I think what happens is is that these some of the subs, it's like they're so caught up with they're so caught up with the family side side of things that they're not looking at the human being. And I think sure. once you step away, like when I speak to mistresses, I speak to them on a human being level. Yeah. I don't, I don't like to like mention even the word like mistress and goddess a lot. I like to call them by their names because mm-hmm. they are human beings. Right. And I want to, re- and I want to build that kind of relationship with them that we're talking on a level kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's the kind of relationships I have with a lot of the mistresses is they're almost like friends now. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's better that way because it's more real because. 
I think when someone's like, yes, mistress, yeah, yes, mistress, and like all that kind of thing all the time, mm-hmm. it almost becomes a point where you're wondering, like sometimes it can be a bit fake, like, mm-hmm. I, or you could say it's respect. Like the problem is, is like, are they being like that because they want something from her? You know, why are they being, you know, you have to question someone's, the way someone speaks to someone, or they're too nice to someone as well. Right. So this is something that I've learned as well. Like if someone's like, yes, mistress, yes, mistress, all the time, it might be because they are super eager to get something from her. That really, you should just be able to be yourself and being yourself should be enough to basically, and not expect anything in return when you're just being nice to someone. Kind of what it sounds like to me, it's like ver- going through the motions versus having a real relationship with another human being. Those are two entirely different things. Mm, absolutely. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Because yeah, going through the motions is, isn't full. It's, you know, it's almost like half. It's, it's doing what you think you should do. It's not, you're not having a real relationship with them as a person. So, yeah. No, I think yeah. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. So important yeah. to know yourself and yeah. Of course. And it depends also if you want that relationship because some mistress, some mistresses are fine with telling you stuff and others are not. Right. So that's another thing. And obviously a pro dom is going to be very different to a lifestyle. Right. So if it's a lifestyle mistress, it's going to be a whole different dynamic, which is something I've never really delved into before, but mm-hmm. something that I'm considering for the future, because I feel that you'll be able to when it's a money exchange, it's going to be probably a very different dynamic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. I interviewed someone recently who's uh, who calls herself a shamanatrix. So she's oh, a, shamanatrix. Like a shaman. Who's that? Is that Di Dynasty? Uh, uh, Monday Jones is her name. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, check her out. She's she was really interesting to talk to. We're going to have another discussion, but the first one we ended up being more talking about just theories and just these kind of lofty ideas, but. The next one we're going to talk, we're going to be more sexual in our discussion. So I'm excited to talk with her again. But yes, she's a really interesting person. And mm. uh, she even works as one uh, actually in Vegas. Oh. She travels around. I think she's about to go to New York City um, this weekend or next weekend. Yeah. So <laughs> she's really interesting. Monday mm, Jones is her name. <laughs> it's interesting you mentioned that because I've got an interview on my website with a Shamanatrix and her name's okay. Di Dynasty. <laughs> mm, okay. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. And she was really interesting. It was a really interesting like, interview. Oh, yeah. she. This one, Monday Jones was too. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. What's her name again? How, how, how'd say it? Uh, I think I, can't, I always get confused with Dio Dio. Uh, I think it's Dio, Dio Dynasty. Okay. Got She's. It. Yeah, she's a US Dom, but yeah, she's a shamanatrix and then she runs something called Defendum Farm as well. Really interesting. Yeah, really awesome. Very cool. That's awesome. So what do you have? Obviously, you've just finished this book. Do you have things that you're looking to do next? I mean, if you're like me, I have all these projects I want to do and I'm like, Mm. yeah, do you have more lined up that you're like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. I do have something, but... Because it's a collaborate, collaborative project and I'm waiting on them until they're ready, then I can't move forward with it yet. But this is going to be probably the most powerful book of them all, I, I would say. Mm-hmm. I think where Triple Form was 
that kind of a complex book and wherever it was, people got it, they didn't. Sexual equanimity is really powerful. And I think it can help a lot of submissive men and allow dominance to see the perspective of how how subs think. The third book is a friend of mine who is a, a dominatrix who's got a very traumatic story, really like traumatic actually, to the point where she told me I cried. I was in tears. Oh, wow. You know, it was like, I was like, wow, like, Sam, like, you've been through some shit. Like, when I even think about, like, some of the wife point sexual community, it feels like a Mickey Mouse story compared to what she's been through. Oh, uh, oh wow. Okay. So, and when she told me, she's like, she goes, I'm going to trust you with this. I want to tell you this. Because I feel like I can. So she told me her story. And what we're planning to do is basically put it into a book. Like, it's going to be a whole interview. And uh, maybe oh, okay. I'll, I'll journal, like, what's happening. But it's going to be me throughout the book and her breaking down the story. Then at the end of the book, we're going to put an illustration of who she is because she's, she is a mainstream doll. Um, and she wants to bring her story out there, but this is going to take a lot of courage. Um, it's something that she's been contemplating for for a couple of years now, because it's, I think for her, she has to feel within herself that she definitely wants to put that out there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I started the book. Mm, Well, we put it on hold because it's such a big thing for her. So I've said, whenever you're ready. We'll meet up and then I'm going to interview her of how like the book is going to be. I'm going to record it on my phone and then I'm going to basically write it all out into a book and then mm-hmm. basically do it. But I don't know when that's going to be because, nice. because, and I get it. Like if it could be a point that it could not even happen because her story is too deep. Yeah, but yeah. I think if it does get out there, I think it will be the most amazing book especially for Tom's to read who have been through some trauma because Tom's are different to submissives. Like submissives, we have our own issues, but with Dom's, it's like they're the tough ones, aren't they? They're the tough guys. <laughs> we're meant to be the weakening. Mm-hmm. They, they always, have to, be, they always right. have to be strong. So for a, a, a dominance to be vulnerable is not something that you see very often. True. That's true. So I think this yeah. would be like the other version of sexual equanimity where sexual equanimity was so vulnerable that submissive men can relate to and obviously can help dominance as well understand the submissive men. And this book will be the opposite of that. It will be basically doms can relate to, especially if they've been through a traumatic experience like her. And, yeah. And we're like, you know what? It's okay to not be okay, actually. I don't have to put on a face all the time and make out that I'm tough with this Dom persona. I can actually talk about my traumatic experiences. And it might make uh, subs realize that Doms are human beings and they do go through from yeah. real shit. So I think it'll be a great eye opener for the community, but I don't know where that would, when that would be. Another thing I'm doing at the moment, um, myself and uh, Mistress Casby, we have just created a Rumble channel. Um, mm. so we started doing podcasts, we're just doing the videos oh, at the nice. moment. Nice. Yes. So it's really cool because we're just doing it at the moment, like top tips, top five tips of whatever, or speaking about stuff, um, our own experiences. But next year we've got a friend who, who is going to allow us to use her studio, which is going to be a proper legit studio. And we should be able to get some really high quality content and put it out there for everybody 
Because at the moment, we're just doing it on our phones and it's kind of like really low oh. budget. Okay. Um, but we're just working with what we got for the time being because we just created it as an idea. We handled it. You know what? Fuck it. Let's just do it. Um, exactly. Got to start. The, yeah. And then get the high quality stuff out there afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've got to start somewhere and it doesn't have to be perfect. I think people sometimes feel like they don't want to do something because it has to be perfect. Like, no, I think you just need to start. It's okay to learn and change along the way, but if you don't start, you're never starting. So you just got to start. Yeah. And I think that's one of the, the chapters in sexual equanimity is courage. And I think that's mm-hmm. one of the most yes. powerful like chapters because like I never felt that I was like the best writer or the 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 best person to interview people let's say but I've wrote over 100 blogs I wrote two books now and yeah. I've interviewed 70 people but I didn't right. feel that I was good at any of those things yeah but oh yeah I, I did it out of courage I basically yep. wrote I just like rhyming so it, it triple form started off as a rhyming project I showed it to someone who was a website developer and he said to me, why don't you create a website and start blogging? He gave me the sort of a breakdown of what, what blogging should look like. I tried mm-hmm. it. He was like, that sounds great. You should carry on. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I did. And then I ended up interviewing someone by accident and, and it just all kicks off from there. And then once I wrote to performed, I wanted to be like, I want to do something that feels more like a book rather than just rap songs. So then I got sexual equanimity, but I think courage is the key to everything. You don't have to be great at anything. I don't feel like I'm the best speaker. I don't feel like I'm a good rapper or good, like the best rhymer, but I try it. And I think as long as you're courageous in life, you know, people can call it out and be like, you know what, you're you're writing shit or you don't have any flow or your videos are poor or whatever they want to say. The difference between myself and that other person who's criticizing me is that he's sitting there not taking the courage to do anything, just to criticize. Well, I've taken the courage to at least start something. So you don't have to be great, but at least give it a go. We got to lose. 100% agree with you. And and the people out there that that are saying that kind of shit, they may be saying it for other reasons. They may be jealous because they can't take the ball. Yeah, by the way, I'm not, I'm not saying anyone has said that about me. <laughs> well, I'm just saying that. <laughs> right, right. You know, but no one has actually said that. Um, That's but, good. Uh, I'm just saying don't in general, like, <laughs> if it's they just do, like don't listen some to people them. could say that, but it doesn't matter. The problem is if you do say those kind of things, so I guess what I'm trying to say is that unless you start something and you're in that same position, you have no right to criticize another person, I guess. Um, oh, but to yeah. be fair, the, the community has always been, has been loving towards me touchwood so far and they have, you know, given their encouraging words, which has been nice. Oh yeah. But people who are in the BDSM community tend to be more understanding and supportive than the rest of the damn world. So if you started getting comments from people that aren't in that, you, you just got to not listen to them and you got to keep, keep, just keep doing like what do they say in the uh, Nemo, just keep swimming, just keep going. Yeah. Don't let them stop you. I think that's life. You don't know why they're criticizing you. They could have a totally unrealistic reason or a selfish reason to be criticizing you. Mm, Yeah. Like, funny enough, I I have never really been trolled on Twitter before. So I haven't really had anyone throw me. So I'm sure that if you, but then again, I think once you get bigger and you, you grow, that's when the trolling comes. Oh, I've think, had I've had people yeah. trolling me. I have haters. Have you? Oh my gosh. I have people who have 
given me a you know reviews of a one when everybody else has given me of like a four and a five. Oh, I have haters. And I had one woman who was reviewing my audiobooks and she was changing her name to do it so she could do it in another way. And I caught her. Oh, she was wow. literally making a new account so that she could cut my work down. I'm like, wow, that's well, what you're going to so do she with was your life? Making new accounts and keep giving you like a one star. Uh huh. Yeah. That's really bad. Why did she? What was her beef with you? I have absolutely no idea. None. Maybe she was jealous that she couldn't write like you, or you were getting, um, you were, you were having a good life. <laughs> and maybe she wanted to live your life, you know? <laughs> I mean, I, if, if someone like that thinks I'm going to listen to them, they are fucking clueless. I have yeah, faced a yeah. lot of blockages and I have forging forward. I am not going to stop because a few people give me a low review. Like, uh, no, because, you know, yeah. also. Not everybody likes everything. So I, I, there's people out there who don't like the big giants like J.K. Rowling and Stephen King. So mm. who am I to get upset if someone doesn't like what I'm doing when these amazing people also get people who don't like them? So we just need to not let yeah. that guide us. Yeah, like you, you're going to get that. I think the only criticism I had, um, well, I did get a one-star rate. I finally had one person review it on there's trip performance on a, a Kindle version on Amazon. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, mainly I get more paperback so than the Kindle version. But someone okay. gave it one star, but um, only one person. You know, so I've got one review on there at the moment. Most of the reviews are all on my website. Um, okay. But they didn't say why. <laughs> just gave it yeah. a one star. So yeah. I wasn't bothered about it. Um, but yeah, another interesting one is I wrote an article about incels. But uh, not, not to bash them, though. But just mm-hmm. to say that what the whole point of it is that when you have an a community like such an of an incel and you're bringing out the feelings of anger and you're sort of reacting to those live low vibrational energies yeah. it could only be quite bad for your own mental well-being mm-hmm. and i was trying to discuss that to say that when they're forming groups and it's like about you've got something like forty thousand people on reddit or however big they were and they're all angry at like women that can't be good for you and obviously, and it's not like you're rebelling against your own rights or anything like that. It's more to do with bitterness, you know, and stuff like that. And so I wrote an article about it. And then um, when I was getting my website stats of like views where they were coming from, I was seeing they were coming from like other dominatrixes' websites. I interviewed them. I was seeing they were coming from Twitter. And then I was seeing an incel website. And I was like, an incel huh. website? What the hell is this? Right. <laughs> so um, I checked it out. And what it was is that someone actually grabbed my, got my, my blog that I wrote about incels. They put it on the website and oh. the whole community, this whole community of incels were bashing me like really bad. And wow. they were like, this guy out, this is pedophilia. <laughs> like he's a strong man. Like, he made me laugh kind of thing. And they were like, this guy's right. a moron. Like he just gets pussy whipped by women. This is why guys like this shouldn't have a voice. And oh, it was geez. just like. Yeah, and it was just like there was a whole thing about it, and it made me laugh. But it gave me a lot of hits to my website, which was great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's um, a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's it. Uh, it was, like, it was quite, it's quite funny. But I, I didn't have it. I, I didn't mean that I called to even uh, offend themselves or whatever because I don't have it. Obviously, if someone goes around of an insult and he goes harming women, that's a problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. If they're angry within themselves, to be honest, I feel more bad for them rather than criticizing. Right. 
So my thing is never to criticize anybody because I don't know the right. emotions they're going through. But right. the way it was more is to say that when we're vibrating low, low vibrational energies and it's in large numbers, that can be quite deadly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's where I was going with that one. <laughs> <laughs> So what other things have you felt that you've learned recently as far as being a, a submissive male? Have you, have, you, have you felt any epiphanies or any things that have really been kind of an eye-opening thing or not anything like that recently? I think I changed as, I just changed so much from last year. Mm-hmm. Like last year, I felt like I was so eager to please. Uh, I felt gotcha. like I was like a people's pleaser. I felt like. I, I wasn't my true self in a way, you know what I mean? Like even when I used to message my mistress, I used to write them in a notepad beforehand, study the right. message, make sure I didn't say anything wrong. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, sure. And like before I send it to her, there was, she used to message back. I was like, oh, what do I do now? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um, but I feel now I'm not that person. I feel like I can talk to anyone, everyone. And I'm not viewing it as you're a mistress, I'm a sub. I'm just viewing it as you're a human being, I'm a human being. Right. I've changed my whole perspective of just who I am in person. I think I'm just more chilled out now. Um, and I just started to do just a lot of like stuff on my mental well-being that I think has been good for me. Like started taking cold baths, for example. I know it's random, but it's just that courage of getting into it. And then basically, it's just good for you. I've cut out coffee like for the last 20 days, actually. And I feel like a, I feel good on that, even like for energetic in myself, um, not needing to rely on caffeine to get me up in the morning or feel tired because I feel like I've got a natural energy about me. I've cut out alcohol, which I want when I was drinking every night. Um, mm-hmm. Honey, drink out. Like, I'll drink it maybe if I had friends and said, oh, Do you want a whiskey? And I, it was just like I was around their house. Same with coffee, but these are not things I'm, I'm not having in, in my daily life anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just feel like me as a submissive man, I, I feel like that's giving, I feel that like I don't even want to submit to everyone and anyone. I want to submit to a person who I have a good connection with. Yeah. So if yeah. I'm connected yeah. to the person, I'll submit to them. But yes. also I was, in my book, also what I did is put a load of boundaries down. Um, and I think this is the epiphany actually that like you're probably speaking about is boundaries was a game changer for me. Um, yeah. the ones in the book were a bit different to my own because Malik is helping Zane get mm. his, his boundaries, but mine are a little bit different in real life, but I want them to be a little bit different, but I think it's so important to have boundaries because there are times where you might find a dom that might not be very ethical. You know, you might have yes. seen online where there's been a kind of instance, I don't know if you've seen it, but let's just say someone got put on fire and whether it was consensual, not consensual, it's not an ethical thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so if someone is disrespecting me out of sessions and speaking to me in a rude way, to me, I'm not going to go back to that song. I'm not going right. to, I want a session with her again. If someone bitches about another dom now, and then that's also a boundary that's gone for me because I experienced that and it caused me a loss of my relationship. Well, it didn't right. and it didn't. I caused it. But also being careful what to say what to, for example, like I've learned that boundaries is kind of important. 
but also some rules for yourself of like just like a list to abide by of maybe do's and don'ts that you shouldn't do. But I'm more, I would say, I'm more conscious in my conversations and my relationships. I also realize I'm not scared to lose people no more. So before I would be like, oh, if I say something to that dominate, like I always thought that about my mistress, that if I ever say the wrong thing, so she's going to block me and get rid of me because she's got that personality. So I was super scared of not saying the wrong thing to her. As now, I don't care. Like, um, I've only fallen out with two people in the industry. And the second one was someone who blocked me, who a dom that I got along with well with, uh, who I've met several times, but I only found out for a friend is that I mentioned LOL in a conversation, which she didn't find funny. So she blocked me from here. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, but it didn't bother me because for me, I thought, fine, like if you want to block me because you thought that I said LOL in something that you didn't find funny and you can't speak to me about it, then right. I don't, that, that, that's not, I'm not going to now message you and say to you, why did you do that? Right. I'm going to block you, you need back. That person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to block you back and I'm going to move on. Because yep. mm-hmm. you should have really confronted me and said to me, you know what, well, you said that in this context, I didn't really find it funny. And it kind of offensive if that's what she felt. I, don't, I can't even remember what I even said. But the point being is, is that I think people should be upfront and, and speak. It doesn't matter whether you're a dog, whether you're a submissive, whether what race you are, you can actually just speak and be your, and, and say what your problem is. You know what right. I mean? You should be able to talk. You should be able to have a conversation. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm finding that sometimes people don't do that. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's an issue. So now when I see this person, we just don't speak to each other. And it's really odd because we'll be at the same table and we know everyone around us, but we're not talking to each other. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. I'm like, thinking, okay, this is odd. But at the end of the day, I don't care in the point that I'm going to now like try and apologize or say something and say, sorry for offending you. Well, I don't even know really what I did wrong. You have to actually come to me and tell me. But previously, this will play on my mind. You know, I've been like really bad. I'd probably send loads of messages. I'm really sorry, Mistress. I can't believe I upset you. What did I do? How can I make it better? You know what I mean? It's stuff like that. So the epiphany mm-hmm. is, is to be your own person. Stay true to yourself no matter what. Like you right. be who you are. If someone mm-hmm. pisses you off, um, if you've done wrong, fine, you own up to it, you know what I mean? And, but you do it not in a place of you go irrational about it or also apologize, you be mature about it. And that's, I think when I did wrong is I, at the beginning is I overdid it because my emotions were all over the place. I didn't know how to manage them effectively. So the problem is, is that when you have, when something goes wrong in a relationship, and you're to the point where you see your mistress as a high, like the highest regard, yeah. you're not going to be able to conduct your emotions or yourself very well in that situation. Mm-hmm. Because now you're seeing her as a like, goddess, someone who's not a human being almost. You know right. what I mean? So, even if it's not your fault, it is now your fault. You're going to blame yourself. You can't think of yourself as lesser because you're a sub. I mean, that's just, that's not true. Number one, you're not lesser. And I think anybody who is a dominant also has to earn their dominance over you. I mean, they can't just Mm. do anything. And you know what I mean? Like, those are things. And I don't think you can just, if you're going to think of yourself as a lesser person and that they're more important than you, that's not going to be a healthy situation, in my opinion. Absolutely. And and I think also if you're, if it's a a money exchange and you're going to be paying someone, 
Yeah. And you're going to session with that phone for like three years and you're going to spend like 20 grand, whatever it's going to be. Right. You need to make sure that's worth it. Like, is it really worth yeah. spending all that money? Because you can take that and put that to a deposit for a house. Right. So 100%. why not invest? Yeah. So that was another eye-opener for me. When all of that happened, after some miscommunication, I thought to myself, you know what? I could have actually spent all that money doing something else. And it got me right. thinking now about investments and other things. So... For me, I don't like, I haven't, I've backed away from sessions kind of like completely, really. Uh, the last time I had one was probably, I think it was August, September. And I only do it here and there, but I rather try and progress me as a person. If I find someone who I feel like or whatever, then it's different. But I think another misconception is that the dom comes before the submissive. Right. And you have to come first. You have to you come have first. To look after your, yeah, not in a yeah. not in a like in a narcissist way, but in a way that right, yes. you are mm-hmm. happy within yourself to give your yes. best version to someone else, mm-hmm. and you have to also know yourself that you're not getting taken advantage of other people as well, because right. people will take advantage of you if they see you oh, as weak. Yeah, mm-hmm. and also if they've done something disrespectful to you once, and you allowed it to happen, you didn't speak up about it because you were scared. They're going to do right. it again. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. You know, over and over again, and it happens, and the cycle begins. And in a way, it's not really there. You could say it is, it's not there for, but it's the human psychology of the mind. They might not even realize they're doing it because they might have spoken to you so rudely at one point, you allowed it yeah. to happen. And by accident, they just keep doing it because they, they just got, it's just they've got themselves into a habit of it without realizing, and you've got yourself into a habit of receiving it. Right. So it's very important to know yourself and set boundaries for yourself. I was just going to um, say boundaries. Yeah, exactly. You need to know and enforce your boundaries. And in sexual equanimity, Malik gives Zane 25 boundaries based on all his experiences. Mm-hmm. And that comes right at the end of the chapter of peace. Okay, and this is sorry. where he discovers sexual equanimity. Mm, nice. So this is, uh, yeah, I think boundaries is very important. It is. Oh, totally. And it's also a way to protect yourself from abuse. I had a woman on who recently that uh, wrote a book about boundaries and that was one Mm. of her things is she said the way to protect yourself from abuse can be through you enforcing your boundaries and i thought that was a great statement absolutely i think it is and i think that's when i think that's when subs find true empowerment in themselves Mm. is when they establish their boundaries it's not serving like a mistress and whatever i think finding your boundaries knowing yourself Mm -hmm. and then after that you will become that best submissive you need to become oh for sure you know i mean you will go into that session and you will have an amazing time with the mistress you'll play with her and things will go great and smoothly and she would also know not to cross your boundaries yeah Mm -hmm. i mean and if she does then she's not the right one for you yeah, and if she does, and it comes to like, let's just say it is like one of the basic ones where it wasn't something like breaching a hard limit, but she spoke negatively on her other mistress, which you didn't really want. You don't have to necessarily break the relationship, but you can right. be a bit more open and direct to her. Say, look, I'm really sorry, but I don't really like it when uh, instead of like cutting her off, like what well, like yeah. some other mm-hmm. people do, like they'll right. just block you. You have the conversation, but like you know what, I'm yeah. going to be real here. You know yep. what, that actually, I don't really like that because I know that mistress or whatever, and it actually like upsets me a little bit. I, like, I want mistresses to get along. I don't want to hear about you like 
your conflict with her. I'd rather you just keep that to yourself or you discuss yeah. it with her. You not discuss it with me, like kind of thing. And then right, lose right. on. You still yep. got that relationship. Yep. You don't have to kill it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So I think if people learn to have more direct conversations with one another mm-hmm. and not just be like, you know, you're blocked or I don't want to listen to your opinion. This has annoyed me now. That's it. You're done. Just speak right. it out. Right. It's just so I don't... immature and childish. It's like you can't even freaking talk about it. You know, like that's yeah. so stupid. And, yeah. I, and I thought when I was younger, like with me and my friends, like or whatever, like, I feel like I've, like we we might have had like disagreements, but it never got to the point where anyone ever blocked. Like I never blocked anyone in my life until the age of like last year. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I did it, I never felt the need to block anyone or understand even what a block button was. And then I just thought like, well, how petty people were. I was just like, well, block you back then. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. I, I just feel like it's just speak, just talk, just get a conversation. And I think uh, a lot of people hide behind their phones nowadays. They do. Um, they do. Or, yeah, some people hide behind their their persona online and be like, feel like they yeah. can say whatever they want. And that that's a problem because you still need to respect people. You know, that's that's. Yeah, that's a problem. People can the face <laughs> and have a chat, especially if they mean someone to you. And, you know, just talk it out. Like, if someone's really offended you, you there's ways of speaking it out with people. You can solve yeah. probably most of the problems. And, like, most problems can be sorted out with a face-to-face conversation. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And so if it's what? heated when you... Yeah, go on, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. You finish your thought. No, I just say if it's heated when it's happening... Wait 24 hours, 48 hours, even a week, and then have that conversation face-to-face again. That's what I was going to say. Absolutely. I totally agree. And that's often a good thing to do. I was going to ask you to talk a little bit again about your submissive men's community so that people could know a little bit more about that. I run a a Twitter group. It's a private Twitter group. Um, Well, it's called X now, isn't it? So yeah, a private so. X group. I still call it Twitter too. <laughs> yeah, I, I call it it's Twitter. Twitter. Um, and um, so, yeah, you can create private groups. We've got 90 members in the group right now. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's a great group because it just means that people can go in there and they can discuss whatever they need to discuss, really. Sometimes we'll just use it to get vulnerable with each other, tell each other about bad situations that's happened. Other times it's just pure banter. Other time it's from our other doms. Like we might see a dom saying slave required, send it into the group. Be like, guys, look, mm-hmm. this is a great opportunity. Do one of you want to apply to this? Um, yes. might publish my new book and be like, guys, check it out. If you want to buy it, share it. You know, it might be a price for something, might, but it's a good community because some are really active on it, others are, are not. But it seems like Twitter have allowed a, a usually there was a, like a limit. I think it was like 70. And I couldn't add more people than seven. I think it was like 75. Um, Okay. Okay. Maybe I've got the blue tick now and it's allowed me to go to 90 members. So I Mm. think I'm allowed to add as many as I can or I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) go till you can't, right? (laughs) The the only time which is really frustrating with Twitter and it's a really weird rule is that if someone has blocked another person, it won't allow me to add them to the group, which is really freaking frustrating because i tried to do that recently so yeah. um, i tried to add someone and he wouldn't allow me because someone had blocked me in the group and no one was oh, only not to it um that's a, yeah that's a problem yeah it really sucks doing it like that uh, mm. 
So yeah, that was, it, it made me realize like maybe in the future, I might create something on my website, like more like online, like where I can create mm. groups on my website. So people don't have to go through that because right. I feel really bad on the person who wants to join the group and I can't add him in there. I don't know yeah. who's blocked and I'm not going right. to figure out 90 members. <laughs> right. Yeah, you want to be able to add as many as you can that that want to join. Yeah, yeah, but apart from that, I can add as many people in. But it's great. Like, uh, a submissive recently had a really shitty experience, and it was uh, it was crazy. And he went into the group, and there's people in there that have got like twenty years experience, and they gave him some great mm-hmm. advice. And it just, I think he was really grateful for it. It helped him out massively. Oh, I um, bet. Yeah, so it's also when people have been scammed as well, they might come in a group and be like, guys, mm. we just got scammed by a dom. Like, what do I look out for so this doesn't happen to me again? Right. Um, and everyone's just so supportive with each other. They just help each other out, basically. So it's a great group. If anyone wants to be added to it, they feel they're alone in this submissive journey and they want other submissive men to talk to, you can drop me a DM on my Twitter or you can email me at potophilius at gmail.com. And and just send me a message. But also, another thing I want to take a little dig at submissive men, and I'm sure you might be able to relate to this, Ryan, is that I get a lot of these high messages. Do you get them as well? What are they? High hi, messages? Hi. Yeah, just like someone just texts you hi. I've had a few, but I don't get that many. Yeah, so you just get people saying hi. And if you're a submissive, I just say, don't just send me hi. Right. Uh, just like at least introduce yourself like hi yeah. i'm this person i'm right. a submissive this is why i want to be added into the group also i want to know that you're genuine a person i don't want to add everyone and anyone into the group oh, because yeah. i don't know who these people are and i, I don't right. know if they're in they got like we had one person i added into the group before i started vetting people properly and then he started asking everyone to basically share his posts he's <laughs> like retweet me everyone can you please retweet me please i oh. beg you and i was like who is this guy so basically, That's I had to right. say to him, like, if you do that again, I'm going to kick you out of the group. Yeah. And I think he did it. I think I actually did kick him out of the group. Right. Um, <laughs> but you get some random people like that as well. And so that's why I try to vet people and ask them a bit about themselves, like who they are. And I, if yeah. I feel they're genuine, then they will naturally have a free flow conversations with the others and it'll be beneficial for them. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, this has been so amazing. Is there anything else you want to talk about or mention and also say where people can find you so that if they want to find yeah, out more sure. Um, so, Maria, on, so I had my first uh, Instagram deleted. So I created a new one and it's called, uh, well, I was saying it's about over a year old and it's some at Submissive Husband Stories. Mm. So that's my Instagram account. My Twitter account, my first one got deleted. <laughs> so my second one was a P-O-D-O-F-E-L-E-U-S. Okay. Um, because my actual name is P-O-D-O-P-H-E-L-E-U-S. Right. Well, I right. changed it. <laughs> uh, website is podophilius.com. And I think that I might actually I was sick. See what you think about this, but you know, I've mentioned that some of the, um, I've started to record some of the songs mm-hmm. and how would you feel if I performed one of them now kind of thing, just so you can know yeah. how they sound like. Oh, for sure. Go yeah. for it. All right. So this one, I'm going to perform one from the second chapter, which is called Guilt and it's okay. called Mistress. I'm sorry. So this is how it goes. 
Jen, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Looking at things now, can't help but worry. I get up muddy. I want to shift gears. Clear my fears. Shocked, I left you in tears. When I was down in the dumps, you made my heart smile. But I made you cry when you were fragile. Some I can't ignore. I'm filled with remorse. Walked minder more. Lord, I implore. Jen, I just want to see you again. I pour out my heart as I speak through the pen. I got legal docs that I need to wade through. All I could think about is how I failed you. I can't believe my words from over your honeymoon. Please help me, God. I've been drunk since noon. Screws coming loose. My pride hurts when I realize I screwed up. The nightmare's worse, son. Remember when we sit to find this bourbon? We talk life. Kink, it kind of burns when people I think defines the person. Please watch my sins in this life this burden. I can't imagine life without you. I feel scared. I miss our sessions, all the laughs we shared. We should turn back time, but stuck in my mind, I reside in regrets. Mistress, I'm sorry. Mistress, I'm sorry, I can't rewrite the past. Stuck behind this glass, I ask, please give me a second chance. Please give me a second chance. You helped me move from self-hatred to self-acceptance. You did it out of genuine benevolence. Your kindness and generosity were never in pretense. Still regret not making better decisions. I wouldn't be who I am if it wasn't for you. How can I be forgiven? What's your view? Gosh, I look back and recall how lucky I was. I dissolved into tears when shut behind doors. Jen, I said men, destined for lowly existence. When you answered the question, you spoke with elegance. I gained confidence. Friends noticed the difference. When I thought it was a long road in the distance. How can I repay you for what you've done for me? Reminisce about a role play, touch or see. Now I won't be able to touch or see. Reminisce when I used to rub your feet. Unforeseen, I lost what sleep. Lord, why didn't you just warn me? Which should turn back time, but stuck in my mind. I reside in regrets. Mistress, I'm sorry. Mistress, I'm sorry. I can't rewrite the past. Stuck behind this glass, I ask, please give me a second chance. Please give me a second chance. That's it. <laughs> oh, that was amazing. You did amazing at that. I loved it. That was fantastic. So that is song two. And then I've got 17 songs to record. So I've done two of them. Uh, and yeah, and yeah. So that was number two. Very awesome. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, thanks for doing that. That was really cool. And people can get a you know more of a taste of what that means. And awesome. Look forward to yeah, more. And in it's the also future, so right? people know how it's meant to sound when they read it. Because sometimes yeah. when people read rap songs, like how does how is this meant to sound? So I just right. wanted to show how it sounds in my head, how I write in there, and how it sounds like it comes out. Because when someone reads rap songs, it's like, how's this meant to rhyme? How's it meant to like read? You know what I mean? Um, but like I said earlier, whoever's not into rap songs, those songs are optional. So they just add another creative element. If you read them, fantastic. They add that, probably more in depth to the story, I guess. And if you don't, it doesn't take away from the story either. Right. Right. Well, this was so amazing. Thank you so much for coming on again. And maybe we can do it again in the future. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me on your show. I'm very grateful. You have an amazing night. You too. Take care, Ray. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye, -bye.